When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chapter 10. Gabriel Stoner. The man who entered the room was a striking figure, very tall, with a well-knit athletic frame and a deeply bronzed face and neck. He dominated the assembly. Even Giraud seemed anemic beside him. When I knew him better, I realized that Gabriel Stoner was quite an unusual personality. English by birth, he had knocked about all over the world— he had shot big game in Africa, traveled in Korea, ranched in California, and traded in the South Sea Islands. He had been secretary to a New York railway magnet and had spent a year encamped in the desert with a friendly tribe of Arabs. His unerring eye picked out Monsieur Hotet. The examining magistrate in charge of the case, pleased to meet you. This is a terrible business. How's Mrs. Renaud? Is she bearing up fairly well? It must have been an awful shock to her. Terrible, terrible, said Monsieur Hotet. Permit me to introduce Monsieur Bex, our commissary of police, Monsieur Giraud. This gentleman is Monsieur Hercule Poirot. Monsieur Renaud sent for him, but he arrived too late to do anything to avert the tragedy. A friend of Monsieur Poirot's, Captain Hastings. Stoner looked at Poirot with some interest. Sent for you, did he? You did not know, then, that Monsieur Renaud contemplated calling in a detective, interposed Monsieur Bex. No, I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me a bit. Why? Because the old man was rattled. I don't know what it was all about. He didn't confide in me. We weren't on those terms. But rattled he was, and badly. Hmm, said Monsieur Hotet, but you have no notion of the cause? That's what I said, sir. "'You will pardon me, Monsieur Stoner, "'but we must begin with a few formalities. "'Your name?' "'Gabriel Stoner. "'How long ago was it that you became secretary to Monsieur Renaud? "'About two years ago, when he first arrived from South America. "'I met him through a mutual friend, and he offered me the post. "'A thundering good boss he was, too. "'Did he talk too much about his life in South America? "'Yes, a good bit.' Do you know if he was ever in Santiago? Several times, I believe. He never mentioned any special incident that occurred there, anything that might have provoked some vendetta against him. Never. Did he speak of any secret that he had acquired while sojourning there? No. Did he ever say anything at all about a secret? Not that I can remember, but for all that, there was a mystery about him. I've never heard him speak of his boyhood, for instance, or of any incident prior to his arrival in South America. He was a French-Canadian by birth, I believe, but I've never heard him speak of his life in Canada. He could shut up like a clam, if he liked. So, as far as you know, he had no enemies, and you can give us no clue as to any secret to obtain possession of which he might have been murdered. That's so. Monsieur Stoner, have you ever heard the name of Duvine in connection with Monsieur Renaud? Duvine, Duvine, 
He tried the name over thoughtfully. I don't think I have, and yet it seems familiar. Do you know a lady, a friend of Monsieur Renaud's, whose Christian name is Bella? Again, Mr. Stoner shook his head. Bella Duveen? Is that the full name? It's curious. I'm sure I know it, but for the moment, I can't remember in what connection. The magistrate coughed. You understand, Monsieur Stoner, the cases like this. There must be no reservations. You might, perhaps, through a feeling of consideration for Madame Renaud, for whom I gather you have a great esteem and affection, you might... Enfin, said Monsieur Hotet, getting rather tied up in a sentence, there must absolutely be no reservations. Stoner stared at him, a dawning light of comprehension in his eyes. I don't quite get you, he said gently. Where does Mrs. Renaud come in? I've an immense respect and affection for that lady. She's a very wonderful and unusual type, but I don't quite see how my reservations, or otherwise, could affect her. Not if this Bella Duveen should prove to have been something more than a friend to her husband. Ah, said Stoner, I get you now, but I'll bet my bottom dollar that you're wrong. The old man never so much looked at a petticoat. He just adored his own wife. They were the most devoted couple I know. Monsieur Hotet shook his head gently. Monsieur Stoner, we hold absolute proof. A love letter written by this Bella to Monsieur Renaud, accusing him of having tired of her. Moreover, we have proof that at the time of his death he was carrying on an intrigue with a Frenchwoman, a Madame Dubriel, who rents the adjoining villa, and this is the man who, according to you, never looked at a petticoat. The secretary's eyes narrowed. Hold on, you're barking up the wrong tree. I knew, Paul Renaud. What you've just been saying is utterly impossible. There's some other explanation. The magistrate shrugged his shoulders. What other explanation could there be? What leads you to think it was a love affair? Madame Dubriel was in the habit of visiting here in the evenings. Also, since Monsieur Renaud came to the Villa Genevieve, Madame Dubriel has paid large sums of money into the bank in notes. In all, the amount totals 4,000 pounds of your English money. I guess that's right, said Stoner quietly. I transmitted him those sums at his request. But it wasn't an intrigue. Ah, mon Dieu, what else could it be? Blackmail, said Stoner sharply, bringing down his hand with a slam on the table, "'That's what it was.' "'Ah, voila!' cried the magistrate, "'shaken in spite of himself. "'Blackmail,' repeated Stoner. "'The old man was being bled, "'and in a good rate, too. Four thousand in a couple of months. "'I told you just now "'there was a mystery about Renaud. "'Evidently, this Madame Dubriel "'knew enough of it to put the screws on. "'Is it possible?' "'the commissary cried excitedly. "'Decidedly,' "'It is possible.' "'Possible,' roared Stoner. "'It's certain. "'Tell me, have you asked Mrs. Renaud "'about this love affair stunt of yours?' "'No, monsieur. "'We did not wish to occasion her any distress "'if it could reasonably be avoided.' "'Distress? "'Why, she'd laugh in your face. "'I tell you, she and Renaud were a couple in a hundred. "'Ah, that reminds me of another point,' said Monsieur Hotet. Did Monsieur Renaud take you into his confidence at all as to the dispositions of his will? I know all about it, 
took it to the lawyer for him after he'd drawn it out. I can give you the name of his solicitors if you want to see it. They've got it there. Quite simple. Half in trust to his wife for her lifetime, the other half to his son. A few legacies. I rather think he left me a thousand. When was this will drawn up? Oh, about a year and a half ago. Would it surprise you very much, Monsieur Stoner, to hear that Monsieur Renaud had made another will less than a fortnight ago? Stoner was obviously very much surprised. I'd no idea of it. What's it like? The whole of his vast fortune is left unreservedly to his wife. There is no mention of his son. Mr. Stoner gave vent to a prolonged whistle. I call that rather rough on the lad. His mother adores him, of course, but to the world at large it looks rather like a want of confidence on his father's part. It will be rather galling to his pride. Still, it all goes to prove what I told you, that Renaud and his wife were on first-rate terms. Quite so, quite so, said Monsieur Hautet. It is possible we shall have to revise our ideas on several points. We have, of course, cabled to Santiago and are expecting a reply from there any minute. In all possibility, everything will then be perfectly clear and straightforward. On the other hand, if your suggestion of blackmail is true, Madame Dubriel ought to be able to give us valuable information. Poirot interjected a remark. Monsieur Stoner, the English chauffeur, masters, had he been long with Monsieur Renaud? Over a year. Have you any idea whether he has ever been in South America? I'm quite sure he hasn't. Before coming to Mr. Renaud, he had been for many years with some people in Gloucestershire, whom I know well. In fact, you can answer for him as being above suspicion. Absolutely. Poirot seemed somewhat crestfallen. Meanwhile, the magistrate had summoned Marchaud. My compliments to Madame Renaud, and I should be glad to speak to her for a few minutes. Beg her not to disturb herself. I will wait upon her upstairs. Marchaud saluted and disappeared. We waited some minutes, and then to our surprise, the door opened, and Mrs. Renaud, deathly pale in her heavy mourning, entered the room. Monsieur Hautet brought forward a chair, uttering vigorous protestations, and she thanked him with a smile. Stoner was holding one hand of hers in his with an eloquent sympathy. Words evidently failed him. Mrs. Renaud turned to Monsieur Hautet. "'You wish to ask me something?' "'With your permission, madame, I understand your husband was a French-Canadian by birth. Can you tell me anything of his youth or upbringing?' She shook her head. My husband was always very reticent about himself, monsieur. He came from the Northwest, I know, but I fancy that he had an unhappy childhood, for he never cared to speak of that time. Our life was lived entirely in the present and the future. Was there any mystery in his past life? Mrs. Renaud smiled a little and shook her head. Nothing so romantic, I am sure. Monsieur Hautet also smiled. True, we must not permit ourselves to get melodramatic. There's one thing more, he hesitated. Stoner, broken impetuously. They've got an extraordinary idea into their heads, Mrs. Renaud. They actually fancy that Mr. Renaud was carrying on an intrigue with a Madame Dubriel, who, it seems, lives next door. The scarlet color flamed into Mrs. Renaud's cheeks. She flung her head up, then bit her lip, 
her face quivering. Stoner stood looking at her in astonishment. But Monsieur Bex leaned forward and said gently, "'We regret to cause you pain, madame, "'but have you any reason to believe that Madame Dubriel "'was your husband's mistress?' With a sob of anguish, Mrs. Renaud buried her face in her hands. Her shoulders heaved convulsively. At last she lifted her head and said brokenly, She may have been. Never in all my life have I seen anything to equal the blank amazement on Stoner's face. He was thoroughly taken aback. This reading comes with the kind permission of Agatha Christie Limited. Phoebe Reads a Mystery is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC.